it was a go big or a go home. Like if anything that's worth doing is worth doing right. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming to the show Jennifer Lee. Jennifer is the founder and CEO of Entry Envy, an exterior home identification signage company that specializes in monthly and quarterly holiday and seasonal refill decor kits. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Explained what it was in, in the words that I have, but can you go a little bit more in depth? What are the products? H- how do people utilize them? You know, what, what are we actually selling over there at Entry Envy? Yeah, um, absolutely. So basically, I um, came up with this concept and I'll tell you about that here in just a minute. But I wanted to make a way for women to identify their porch in an easy, fashionable, convenient style. So our signs are either modern house numbers, last names, or monograms. They are vertical or horizontal, and they each feature a small planter box on the front that has a foam block in it. The foam block stays and either on a monthly basis or quarterly, depending on what the customer chooses, and 75% of our customers do choose monthly, we ship new both floral, holiday, seasonal decor accessories to basically make it super easy and convenient to celebrate all the holidays and all the seasons. So it delivers to their door. They just take out the old stuff. They put the new stuff in. It's two minutes and they look like they're Susie Homemaker from down the street. Awesome. Awesome. So this is really helping uh, homeowners like uh, make their front porch something to be proud of and, and just yep. make it unique and, and, and then own it themselves. Yeah, it helps delivery drivers. I mean, there's so many deliveries today. Like, where are you going? Um, we also have a smaller, lightweight interior version that can hang on a hook or over a door with a ribbon for apartments and assisted living facilities. Awesome. Awesome. So take me back in time. Where did this idea come from? Yeah. So January of 2020 is where it started uh, because I left my marriage. I'd been in for about 15 years. And I ended up moving um, in with my parents for a couple of months. And I had two girls at the time, eight and 10. Um, COVID hits in March. And I am all of a sudden managing a fairly size, large size law firm virtually. Um, We get through the pandemic. uh, Well, not really. Like we're eight months, I guess, into the year, about six months into the pandemic. And I, go to buy a house. And I've been looking, but as um, if anybody listening has been through a divorce, they know that trying to buy a home during the middle of divorce is challenging. And then you add COVID and the crazy real estate market. And it was just one of those like beggars couldn't be choosers. I knew the school district I wanted to get my kids into. And beyond that, I was going to have to take whatever I could get my hands on and afford And so I moved into what I'm going to call a fixer upper because that's just what it was. And it was, it had good bones, but it needed 
a lot of work. And so my dad was a carpenter for 40 years and I just started working on the house room by room by room. Um, and I had about 1800 hours of time in my house over the course of nine months. I blogged the whole thing called cheaper than wine.com. If you ever want late night, um, reading material and I did a bunch of YouTube videos. I've been really passionate about helping women understand that this is not hard. It's just time consuming. It's a little dirty, but, um, there's nothing that men are doing that women can't do in terms of um, their own home improvement updates. But when I got to the outside of the house, I was out of time, energy, and money. And I was trying to figure out a way to add curb appeal without spending a lot of any of that. Because I came home a huge person of first impressions and like the underlying sort of subconscious level that you have with just wherever you enter a space, whether it's your own home, whether it's going to somebody else's home, whether it's walking into an office, what what does that vibe give you right off of the bat? And I was coming home every day to a house that was bittersweet about what I had left and I wanted to, what I was coming home to, and I, I wanted to be more proud of that, as you kind of said in the beginning. So I decided to paint the garage door, paint the front door, replace the light fixture, and find a modern house number sign because the south the numbers as many homes as mine was built in the 70s they put them above the garage door so they're you can't see them they're too small they're like crooked they're falling off and so when i started googling modern house number signs there weren't very many on the market the one that i found had this cute planner box on the front and i was like well okay i'm inspired but i live in nebraska what am i going to possibly plant in this box that I, that is even going to live beyond three or four months of the year. I'm going to have to water it twice a day. Then I'm going to have water all over my front porch. Then it's going to rot the wood. And I'm like objecting to all of the reasons why I'm thinking about this. And so anyway, I end up making it anyway. I go to the garage, have extra stuff. I make it. It's cute. I go to the um, craft store. First craft store I went to didn't have the faux floral stuff on sale that week. So then I drove to the other one. And I spent almost an hour in the store. It was right before Easter um, of 2021, trying to figure out like, what was I going to put in this and what, how was I going to make this cute? I get home. I now have to find my wire cutters. I've got an entire bag of Spanish moss that I had to buy all over the garage because it's a mess. And I just, I, I purchased so much stuff that I wasn't ever going to use again. And it was so much work to get this done. And then I realized, wait a second, I'm going to have to do this every month. Are you kidding? I don't have time for this. And so I started looking for who ships holiday and seasonal both floral decor. Somebody surely had to do that. There's a subscription box for everything, right? And I looked and I looked and there wasn't. And so I looked at the people who are making signs or some of the manufacturers out there that were off of Etsy. There wasn't anything going out with these signs that had the planners boxes. And I just, it was kind of one of those, I don't know, I kind of kind of let God moment. It was like, I built this entire business in my head in about 48 hours and just felt like, okay, do I want it or not? You know? But I didn't pull the trigger for several months. You know, that, that was a, that was like, I don't have time for this. Right. I I'm, I, you know, got too many things going on in my world, trying to manage a law firm. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. I'm a single mom with two kids. I'm not entirely done with my remodel yet. I can't start a business yet, but eventually I did. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an amazing story. So you do this yourself. Yep. You realize that there's a gap in the market for this potential product. How do you validate this idea? What did you do to make sure it was worth investing more time into? 
Yeah. You know, um, so I, I went to a craft show. We launched in October of 2021. So I come up with this concept in, in April, end of April of 2021. Um, and in May, there is a local art fair that's been around forever in Omaha. And I called the organizer, um, who I did not know, just found who she was. And I said, listen, I have an idea and I don't have company yet, but I would really like to come and sort of do some market research. Could I get an exhibit space? And she said, well, yes, you have to pay for it. And your booth has to look nice. I said, I understand. And she said, send me a couple of pictures of examples of whatever you're, you know, schlepping and uh, let me get back to you. So she calls me back and she goes, okay, no problem. It's, you know, next weekend uh, from, you know, nine to three. And in six hours, I collected, I took five samples. Um, and, I, and the reason I was taking different colors, I was debating on which one would sell better and a vertical versus a horizontal and um, hand painted versus doing the numbers. And anyway, I, everybody loved them. And in six hours, I had 250 email addresses from prospective customers that said, let us know as soon as you start selling, we'd love to buy. And I was like, huh, I can't have something here. But I've managed law firms for $10 million businesses, you know, for 20 years. I had never started a company. And it was like the most daunting, like, I know everything there is about business, I thought. I had an MBA. I, but when it comes to like a startup and creating a company from dirt, from scratch, I just was like, oh my God, I can't do this by myself. Like, how's this going to work? And so um, I actually ended up hiring a coach that I had been connected to through a, a coach of a coach during my MBA program almost 10 years earlier. And she was a sales systems process person, great gal who just was like, could help me like connect the dots of like, here's the basics. Here's, here's how you kind of look this in gear. And I attribute so much of the success to her because I don't think I would have, it's hard when you're by yourself and you're a solo founder and you've got to be a hundred percent accountable and you don't even know the answers. You don't even know the questions to ask, let alone find the answers. And so, um, I worked, um, with her and worked on the back end for, four or five months before we launched and really wanted to make sure that we were ready. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those people, my number one strength is strategic. So I'm always like lay the foundation before, you know, with that strong foundation, before you build the house, before you build the business, before you do anything. And so I think that's worked. <laughs> so what was that, that back end, that foundation, you don't have to, you know, yeah. tell us everything, but like, what were some of the key components that you got going before you kind of really took this thing public? Yeah. Some of it was just the basics. Like I had to buy a URL. Am I buying one? Am I buying more than one? Right? What's the platform that I want to use? You know, I was not in the world of ecom. I had a marketing degree from '99 that was obsolete at this point. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know Shopify, WooCommerce. What are all of these things? You know, so uh, connecting with like the Facebook groups, like Boss Moms and Women Entrepreneurs Helping Women, and like. So many resources that I just didn't even know about. Um, I got connected to the Subscription Trade Association, which then unlocked a whole nother world. I was like, oh, I wish I would have found this first, right? But I just, um, I'm a knowledge person. So I just start diving in and I'm like, I need to be a sponge. I need to learn everything that I possibly can before I launch a company because I knew this was a big deal. And I was putting my own job as the executive director of a law firm with a six-figure corporate income and a single mom with two kids 
on the line to start this company. And I didn't quit my job right away, but I wasn't going to be able to keep the secret. You know, I, I mean, I had so many people who were like, you know, you don't, you don't just tell them it's a, it's a hobby. It's a part-time job. I'm like, are you kidding me? The board of directors knows everything about how I think and operate. They will not believe in a heartbeat that this is like a hobby. Like that's not how I roll. So it was a big, like deep breath of like, am I really going to do this? And then of course, you know, we all worry about failure, you know? So I invested about $10,000 between the time that I came up with the idea for the company and launching to get it off of the ground and then included my coaching fees. So that was tech. That was help. I, I through her, um, my coach, I learned about how to hire a VA in the Philippines, how to use Upwork and Fiverr to hire help um, overseas. And literally why I did all of this overseas was number one, it cost me a fraction of what it would have had I used U.S. dollars, you know, in, in U.S. staff. Um, but the but the main reason was because I literally was building this business overnight while the rest of the United States was sleeping. So I managed a law firm all day long, fed my kids, uh, usually still had a couple of hours of my remodel to work on. I didn't get done until the middle of July. And then I was done with that. And then I worked until two or three in the morning every single night and then got up at six o'clock in the morning again and did it. And that's still pretty much my schedule. Um, Apple tells me I'm sleeping, I think, four and a half hours a night now, which is a, an improvement. Um, but, you know, it's it's just a ton of work. And so really being able to work with her, understand how to effectively utilize and hire overseas assistants. They would work with me all night long because that was their days. Um, and get the infrastructure for the, the subscription management software, the platform we were selling on, um, lead magnets. I mean, all of these things, I didn't even know what they were. Clavio, you know, and our CRM systems. And I, I built everything. And, and of course, it's gone through, I called that Entry Envy 1.0. Uh, we've done a lot of iterations. Last summer, I would say we were at 2.0. This summer, we're overall hauling everything again, and we'll be at 3.0. So you're never done. But that's what I think the keys were of just like making sure that you, I didn't try and do it. I was I was fiscally responsible, but I didn't try and do this cheap from the beginning. I didn't try and just do it on a free website, you know, and just think that, Oh, I'll just put this out there and just sort of like see how it goes. No, it was a go big or a go home. Like if anything that's worth doing is worth doing right. Oh, absolutely. That's something that I bring up every once in a while on the show is it's not necessarily that you have to overspend or overpay. It's buy the best you can afford in the moment mm -hmm. or what makes the most sense for the moment. And obviously, when you're working on an MVP, you still have to be scrappy, but you can still be smart with your money at that stage. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That's what I tried to do. Hey there, Merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus Agency Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. 
So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Hey there, merchants. Are you struggling to get your Merchant Center ads approved but keep running into a price mismatching error? Wondering how your competitors are showing reviews, price, delivery, and product availability directly in search results? What if there was a way to get your ads approved for the first time and get more traffic without fighting for rankings? That's where JSON LD for SEO comes in. It's an app that helps you get more organic traffic to your Shopify store, qualifying you for over a dozen search enhancements and provides all the structured data you need for Merchant Center. JSON LD for SEO automatically adds the structured data needed and it's updated regularly as the rules change by Google. It's a hands-off SEO app that you don't need to monkey around with to get working. It's the safest, easiest, and most effective way to stand out from your competitors in search results. Contact us to get your free structured data audit for your store. Find JSON LD for SEO in the Shopify App Store to get started. That's J-S-O-N-L-D for SEO or go to jsonld.app. jsonld.app. So we build a site, we're going to market, and we launch. What happens? So I launched in October of 2021, and we had 25 subscribers that first month. And I coined them my founding members. And I positioned the launch as that. I said, anybody who joins this month, you're going to be have a special place in my heart for the rest of my life because you believed in me. It wasn't the money. It was the fact there's so many people that will just cheer you on from the sidelines and say, oh my God, that's such a great idea. And and, that, and I love that and whatever. But the people who actually put their money where their mouth is at are a different level of, wow. You know, like that just means so much. And, um, you know, I think we, all of us as entrepreneurs have had to learn somewhat the hard way that your friends and your family are not necessarily your customers. And, you know, until you've started to sell to people that you don't know, like it's hard enough to sell to the people that you do know, but then you go to the next level and these are complete strangers that are willing to put money on the line for you. I was, it, it, it really, it really hits home. It just does. And so those 25 members, um, we, we celebrate, we recognize, we do fun things for them. Um, they still mean a lot. By the end of 2021 in December, we had 40 subscribers. Now, I knew nothing about the best time of the year to launch a subscription box, let alone the seasonality of our business. And uh, there was a little bit of luck involved with this because October turned out to be the right month to launch. In, in a perfect world, I would have done it a month earlier or even two months, but I just wasn't ready yet. But it was a good time. And, you know, fourth quarter is, um, is, is always strong for, you know, retail type businesses. Ecom. And so it wasn't that at 40 customers, I had enough, you know, money by any means to like consider replacing my income, but I had enough traction to know that I had something, it was working. And 
one of the coaches that I um, it, it just love from the bottom of my heart said, and he and somebody asked a question on a call, and he wasn't it wasn't my question actually, but they asked, "When do you know to quit your day job?" And he said, "Don't quit your job when you've replaced your income. Quit your job when you know how to replace your income." And I was at this pressure point of knowing that this was working and that I was going to have to make a decision. There was only going to be so long that I could continue to run two companies at the same time. And it was not only physically exhausting, it was mentally exhausting because I literally was just every waking hour, I had a law firm and I had entry envy. And there's just, there was no way I could separate those in my head. Um, and so it, it was, I, I just, and it was easier before the company actually launched. So when it was just stuff that I was doing overnight, but now I actually had real customers that had real questions that were emailing me and calling me and texting me during the middle of the day. And that made it even more challenging. Um, we had an accounting intern in December that um, worked in the law firm who put his notice in and he worked like 10 hours a week. And to most people, uh, that would have been like a blip on the radar. Like who cares? Just like hire a new intern. For me, though, I ethically was was torn because I needed to rearrange some staffing to accommodate that loss. And I kept thinking, I have got to put my pull myself out of the mix. Like, I'm not going to be here long term. And that's impacting bigger decisions that I was making. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I just decided there was never going to be a good time to quit my job as a single mom, like ever. So um, on December 30th um, of 2021, I went into our managing partner's office and I said, he got five minutes and he looked at me and he goes, this doesn't look good. I said, I know, I know. And uh, he's like, it's time, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is. And he's like, all right. And I worked with them over the course of the next three months, actually ended up hiring one of my best friends who was very well qualified for the job to replace me. And it was none too soon. Um, I, you know, we added 300 subscribers in 2022, and I am a hundred percent certain that there is no way that that would have happened had I not had, had the courage to quit my job and really go all in on entry envy. And I think the other piece of what it is, is that I didn't have a plan B. When you have a backup plan, be that a spouse be that a full-time job, you don't have the fire that you do when this is your livelihood, It your children are depending on it, and you you just have to make it work. And you, I just, I gave it my all, and that's how I run this company every day. That's amazing. Now, we've talked so much about the company and a little bit about the products. If you know someone listening out there is like curious about the products, where should they go to check them out and potentially become a new subscriber? Yeah. Um, so entryenvy.com is where everything lives. Uh, just as a note, we've, we've tried to kind of go through some other types of sites, but our conversion rate is so high on our website. You don't have to buy a subscription. Um, with your purchase of your sign, but 85% of our customers do when they go through our checkout process. And so we steer everybody there and they basically choose their custom product. We ship it for free within three to five days. Uh, we send proofs to everybody for anything that's hand-painted before we send it. So we make sure we've got the spelling right, or if they put a date on there of established in 2023 or whatever year they got married, um, we always proof that. 
And then we, once they, and then they sign up, if they want their subscription at that time for either monthly or quarterly, and if they want modern or traditional. And so once they've done that, they get, they get their first kit with their sign. So it doesn't ship empty. And then we ship on the 22nd of each month thereafter. And as I said, 75% of our customers do monthly because they want Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day and Easter and all of the holidays, um, as opposed to just spring, summer, fall, winter. Absolutely. Um, Before we go, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience? Um, I don't think so. I just feel like what I said is, I think there's three things. Like you got to go all in. You've got to just eat, breathe, live your company and and believe in it. You have to find a community of people that believe in what you're doing, but more so you than what you think is possible. And that for me has come through coaches. Uh, it's certainly come through the subscription trade association. Um, I am just in, you got to invest in yourself and don't do this by yourself. Like, it, like founders can, can begin into a lonely space. Like I'm, I'm a solo founder, but, um, I built a community of people that rally around me and I built a team, um, earlier rather than later. I, I mean, I, I was used to managing teams because I had managed companies all my life. And all of a sudden I start this company and I'm turning around looking like, well, who's going to do that? Right. Like, and that was me. So, um, I hired early and I think that that, you know, again, scrappy, but smart, um, to utilize. And so it just go in. And I do think though, Chase, that, um, the question you asked about sort of like testing that MVP, I think there's a lot of people who are skipping that step and you've got to make sure you really have a product that somebody that's not your mom or your friend will buy. Right. And you know, there, I love Sarah Williams always says the riches are in the niches and I agree with her, but you still have to make sure that, that, that niche is going to buy your product. Right. You know, so, um, not everybody wants what I do and that's okay. But I think you also have to know where you're going. And I said from the beginning, this was not a hobby. This was a go big or a go home. And so knowing where you're trying to go, uh, because if you don't, any road will get you there, right? So how do you define success? What are the roadmap? What are the roadmap? And when I turned my notice in for my job, I gave myself one year. That was what I said. And I knew that I could go back and get another corporate job if it didn't work. But I looked at my finances And I thought, if I don't sell one more single thing, how long can I live? How long can I support my family? Um, What was I willing to give up and do during that time period, but one year? And so I kind of continue operating in that. So um, my goal this year is to have a thousand monthly subscribers by December. We'll hit it because that's what I've said is going to happen, right? And and that's just kind of how I operate. So will I, I just, people need to just be clear, know what they want, go all in. And just have the courage. Doesn't mean you won't be scared, but be scared and do it anyway, because it's worth it. I'm so glad you brought that up again, because I was thinking about it and there wasn't a good time to bring it back up. But like the one thing I always say about product market fit is it's so hard to define. But I think the best thing is when strangers on the internet are buying something from you that you do not know. That is like such a telltale sign that you're onto something. And I, I think that that is what any founder needs to strive for to really have the green light to go for it. But then obviously before it, that testing stage, 
I think that going to uh, what you did is a perfect example that I'm going to refer back to all the time talking to young entrepreneurs. It's like, here's a perfect example. Go where your customer is. You found a trade show or an event in your market and you talk to potential customers. And I'm sure all the feedback that you got there just iterated on the product. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting point. We did a lot of craft shows over the course of the first year. And initially, we thought that that would be a great place to sell our signs. It wasn't. I'm going to tell you, we hardly sold anything at craft shows. What it was, though, was the best way to understand our product market fit. Because when you are just talking about the internet, yeah, I can spy on you through Lucky Orange or whatever. I can tell how long you sit on a page and I can see your mouse strokes, but I can't see your eyes. I can't see what you are, how you are responding. You can't touch and feel the product. And when we did those in-person events and I had, I mean, I have talked to thousands of prospective customers and I didn't let it, I, I had other people there, but I did these. I didn't outsource this to anybody. I needed to touch and feel and see how they were responding to these products and what they needed. And everything that came out of, um, I think those events I've incorporated, for example, I didn't know we had a market for nursing homes. It was the first event when a lady was like, oh my God, my, I was thinking just apartments and she's like, oh, my mom's in a nursing home. She would love this. And I was like, oh, great. I wouldn't have gotten that feedback. Right. Then, you know, the next lady goes by and she's like, oh, I'm a real estate agent. This would just make the perfect closing gift. Oh, you know, a few more ladies go by. Oh, my daughter's getting married. What a great wedding gift. Oh, okay. Right. And it was all of those conversations over and over that I could figure out what we needed to do. People, um, another example is that in the little boxes, uh, are we make this look like you, you spend a lot of time, but really you spent literally two minutes. We ship it. It's done. It's ready to swap it. You're good. But learning that customers were like scared to touch it. Like there, I, I would have people say, Oh, I can't do that. That's way too hard. And I would take the thing out and I would be like, you can't do that. And she would look at it and she would, oh, what? It's all put together. All I have to do is put it in. Yeah. So I learned how to sell online. Like I learned all of those objections. And so I think that like it was critical. And I'm in an accelerator program right now and we have talked to so many founders that have had really successful companies. And the number one common common trait that all of them say is that they continue to talk, each of them, to five to 10 customers a week. These customers, I mean, they have hundreds of thousands of customers in some of these companies, but they still want to talk to five to 10 customers a week and make sure they're still hitting the market. They still have the product market that they're still serving their needs, their customer. What, what are they liking? What are they not liking? And I was like, wow. And so I've kind of taken that page lately because I did so much research in the beginning and I do still have a really close relationship with a lot of our customers that have been with us, but not as much of our new ones. And I, and so I'm going back through that list of now saying, I need to connect with as many of these people as I can and continue to learn, never stop. Oh, absolutely. Jennifer, I feel like we barely scratched the surface here. I'm definitely going to have you back on in a year or so. We'll talk about all the major wins you've had. And I know we haven't even really got into the depth of knowledge that you have about subscription and that whole positioning. So we'll definitely have you back. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. 
Uh, anyone that's listening, if you want to go check it out, it's entryenvy.com. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.